Uh. Oh, oh, God. That, welcome to the show, Dro- everybody. This is, <laughs> I can hear my amazing. wife laughing in the other room. This is Drop the Subject <laughs> with Allie Johnson and James Simmons. You know, this is... I'm ready for this quarantine to end, and here's why. Uh, <laughs> Break it down. Okay. Um, hold on a sec. So, so here's what's happening in my household right now. I, uh-huh. I've been in quarantine. I've been quarantine. I've been in quarantine. Since March. <laughs> and I've managed to have lived that whole time in this house, just, you know, making my meals. And I've been trying new recipes, made the bread. I made some Cornish game hen one time and yeah, everything's yeah. going great. And now, as this quarantine is drawing slowly to a close, my wife raised the, hey, why don't we go vegetarian for a week type of thing. And I don't know, like, we talked last week, and I know we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's boring. But how long is this transition in my body supposed to last? And is it (laughs) worth it because I'm only going to do this for a week? I mean, well, I the, I met some weird tofu dish yesterday, and then I ended up making what the hell? I made some some vegetarian, oh, beyond meat type of deal pasta uh-huh. dish thing yesterday, which was fine. But I mean, whoo! I am I'm going through. There's some things happening in my body. There's air in pockets <laughs> that there's not supposed to be, and I don't know what to do. I don't think there's any amount of gas hex that's going to help me. You you sound quite distressed. Yeah, well, okay, so gas hex and Bino actually work really well. I don't know if you've tried Bino at all, but it they they're actually really great products. Uh okay. So some of this is well, I have two comments, Ali. One of them is sort of like medically, how do we deal with this? And the other one is you know that one week doesn't really mean one week. Come no, on it doesn't. You know, you know the old, you know the old couples trick. Oh, let's just try this for a couple of days. Really, really, your wife is like, no, we're going vegetarian. Like this is it. Well, and then she she will mention throughout the day. Don't you feel better? Doesn't everything feel better? Uh-huh. And I'm like, I want uh-huh. bacon. Uh-huh. And I, I'm so she's mentioned this several times throughout our relationship of, hey, I feel bad for animals. Why don't we go vegetarian? And I'm like, all right. And then, you know, we I say nothing about it. And she she'll bring it up like once a year. Like, why don't we go vegetarian? And I'm like, I just don't. I just I've, I've always said I don't think I could ever be vegetarian. And, and to be fair, we're not doing full vegetarian. We're doing pescatarian. Ah, OK. But, uh-huh, very good. Uh, and my big, my biggest concern was always, I don't, I need to get enough protein. I need protein in my body in order Mm. to, and, and, and the alternative is always beans. And I'm like, I don't just want to be eating tons of beans, but I know that people who have been vegetarian their whole lives, they have like, it's just stuff that I've never thought about before. I've literally always gone for the salad with chicken. I'm always looking at the sandwich and burger side of the menu. Yeah. I'm never looking at those like veggie delight type things. I'm never uh-huh. looking at those sections and, and having to make those adjustments and saying, well, how do I make this vegetarian is just a, a completely new world. And I know that I've crapped on vegetarians a lot of my life. And I just want to say, sorry, because man, <laughs> this is an adjustment to make. And I understand when it's like, oh, mm, this, is, this is gristled and bacon, but it's, you know, actually vegetarian or, and, and, you know, you have to think about those things. 
where I never had to think about it. That being said, James, how do I start smuggling meat into this house? I, <laughs> I really think this is more of just my role in this conversation, Allie, is to just continue to listen and nod and say, how does that make you feel? Okay. <laughs> this is this is clearly a vegetarian therapy session right now. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, you get, you get it all out, Allie. You, you get it all out. It, oh, believe this, me, I am. uh well some of this is could it could be you guys i think you went you guys went like full tilt i mean pescatarian i guess is one thing but there's when you're going from like i eat some vegetables but like i have like meat is my primary source of protein and then all of a sudden you jump to like all of the tempeh and the tofu and the bean satan james yeah yeah all of that i'm a satan worshiper now oh yes yes you are and some of the hey there's some satan bacon out there that is really not half bad however it is a whole like full stop adjustment now i will say two things when you start doing those things a lot Some of this is, and some of the veggies and vegans might not like me saying this, but some of that stuff is so crazy intensely processed to get to what it is that you, your body is actually not dealing well with something that is so hyper processed. So that's part of it. And then they chalk that stuff full of extra fiber on purpose to hang on to the protein that's inside of it so that you actually absorb some of the protein. It ends up being like full of fiber, which is why you are full of gas. I see. So I shouldn't I should cut back on the fiber gummies that I'm eating every morning <laughs> on top of the vegetarians. I mean, you have probably and, and I mean, if you're eating that many beans and fake bean patties and all those sorts of things. Yeah, you have increased your fiber by like two, three hundred percent, probably, <laughs> okay. which is exactly why you're so damn gassy. Uh, so take some Beano. Back off mm-hmm. the fiber just a little bit and uh, try some non-processed things. Well, yeah, I will definitely give that a try. I, I will. I will. I, you make a good point about the processed things because I don't know. My, I think my body's just in shock right now. But uh, <laughs> I, you know what makes me makes me thankful that I'm trying this when I'm yeah. not around other people. Yeah. Because I f- would feel bad for you if we were in the same room right now. <laughs> not for Jesse. Not for, for yeah, you're right. Not for Jesse. I, mm-hmm. I take that back. Right. Well, we have an exciting show planned for you. We're not just going to talk about beans and farting, I promise. Um, when we get back, lawns are out, guys. And I know that this has been discussed a little bit in previous years when it came to succulent gardens. But there's a new thing that people are touting instead of lawns and succulent gardens. We're also going to trump around because that was crazy on Twitter. Am I right? Uh, am I we're right? going to talk to a bat lady as well a little later in the show about the origin, the possible origins of COVID-19 and whether bats are related to that. Some of the misconceptions around bats. We're going to learn from the 1950s today. We're going to talk about lamest injury stories, all kinds of fun stuff lined up. So don't go anywhere. You're in for a treat here on Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject, the new Channel Q. Drop the Subject with Allie and James Simmons. And whether you're quarantining in an apartment complex or maybe you have maybe you have your own home and you've got a little, a little lawn, a little picket fence and a lawn or even a backyard. And, you know, it's, when it comes to landscaping, I mean... My personal landscaping has gotten a little bit out of hand, but (laughs) some people might have been cutting back on cutting their grass, just kind of letting their freak flag fly, just trying to stay inside and just let things go wild. And it is spurring, spurring, spawning, spooning, spooning, it is spooning, spooning, (laughs) spooning and movement. 
It is spooning a new movement where move over lawns because now it's all about meadows. That's right. If you've got a lawn, let it grow out. Get some weeds in there. And kind of like that uh, News or Lucid story that you that you shared with us yesterday with a woman just letting her weed grow and eventually some flowers bloomed. Right. It was great, isn't it? Yeah, and apparently, you know, when the big drought was happening, I mean, we feel like we're always in a drought, but when it comes to being conscious of, of, of your water consumption in your household, everyone was moving over to succulents because succulents don't need as much water, lawn costs a lot, and, and you spend, you use a lot of water in order to maintain it. So people were kind of going over to the succulent gardens, but I don't know about you, but I cannot even keep succulents alive and some people don't like how they look. So the next thing, if you really, really want to do the planet a good service, you turn your lawn into a meadow. A grassy field can be good for certain uses like sports and picnics, but for the broader ecosystem, things like plant pollination, disease control, soil quality, climate regulation, they say the smart money is in meadows. Uh, it is. I've Well, you said the word meadow. And by the way, I just have to get this out there. Every time someone says the word meadow, I always think of that god-awful scene in Bambi. Oh, where, where, like, where, the, where the deer gets shot? Where, right, Bambi says, the meadow! And, like, runs out in the meadow. And then Bambi's mom comes after. She's like, Bambi, no! And then you hear, like, pop, pop, pop! And yeah. then, <laughs> down she goes. <laughs> Every time someone says meadow, I'm like, the meadow! Like, pop, pop, and then no. I get really sad. <laughs> I like think of f- Bambi whenever I hear the word thicket. Oh, the th- they say thicket a lot in they there. They're like, in the th- thicket! In the thicket, right, with the rabbits and whatever. Yes, the, my first movie trauma when, you know, when we're a child, the meadow! It stuck with me forever. <laughs> uh, okay, so, I, you know, I th- feel like I have a little bit of an interesting perspective on this. Both personally and just like from, well, both of them are personally, but like I grew up in Nebraska, which is like known for its prairie, known for its wild grasslands, known Mm -hmm. for like the whole, most of the state anyway, is just one big meadow. And at first they were like, let's tear down this meadow. It's not valuable or important. We need more room for corn, right? And then everyone was like, okay, um, we got enough room for corn and wheat and soybeans. Let's let some of this prairie grow back. And there is some apparently like super unique prairie for some reason, I don't know, in Nebraska. And there actually is like this whole movement in Nebraska now to just like let stuff go wild. And so people are sort of also like adopting that to their lawns, which I think is really great because of all of these reasons, like for disease prevention and wildlife control and all this stuff. And I am totally, totally for it, except my husband is not. Right. So then it because it becomes an also an aesthetic thing, right? When you walk by and it, it's just so funny how everything's turning on its head because you would walk down the street in residential street you would say you would see nice lawn nice lawn nice lawn overgrown weedy lawn and you'd be like oh what's going on with that family oh what's wrong with them right yeah and then so now you're going oh look at them they're growing out their meadow it's all unkempt and it looks like crap good for them right good good for you i literally think that in my run through the neighborhood I was like, these people spend too much time manicuring their lawn. It's like too perfect. Also, they're wasting water because it's like perfectly green buffalo grass or like whatever. And then you come up to somebody else and they may or may not be doing it on purpose, but they're very chic right now. I'm, I'm all for it. 
the 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 meadow you're all for the meadow i'm all i'm all for the meadow or the like we just our front yard is just about i think they call it california gold or something i don't know it's just about it's like half sand half dirt half i don't know whatever but it sounds beautiful james it's kind well it's kind of pretty it's it's like got this shimmery gold color to it and then we have some like a few plants and some cacti and some stuff there going on but like and in the backyard we like let it they trim it every few weeks but it Uh other than that it just like goes wild yeah i mean these these choices that we make say a lot about us right when we're riding our bikes or walking through the residential area and you're looking at james's weird desert garden that (laughs) says a lot about you and your and the way you live your life just what does your lawn say about you we want to hear from you at dts show all right when we get back trump is saying some, some things on twitter and it seems that twitter is firing back and doing a little bit of a fact check for once on donald trump and he was not happy about it as you can imagine trump around when we get back Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, when it comes to safe spaces, Twitter doesn't necessarily come to mind. It's it's a it's kind of like the wild west of the internet. Places like Reddit as well. You know, if you've got some underlying anger or hatred, just go to Twitter. You can you can let all that out and just kind of tweet storm your way into a calmer existence. I don't really know what people get out of it. And we're about to Trump around. Let's get that music going. Because Donald Trump is a notorious tweeter, as we as we know. And he Does has he? a... Yes, he Does, has a Twitter account. the president of the United States spends a lot of time mm-hmm. tweeting? You know, it's funny because your mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, when they discover Twitter, usually you're like, oh, no. And I think it's no different for the president of the United States. <laughs> right. Where you're like, oh, no, why is he on Twitter? But there's been this common question ever since he was elected about whether or not Twitter it, it should be responsible for pointing out misinformation or do some fact checking around some of the tweets on beha- from the president of the United States and from other people uh, when it comes to spreading misinformation that could be hurtful to the public. And it, it's happened with Facebook as well. How responsible are these tech companies when it comes to setting the record straight? They Twitter has made some changes when it comes to those policies. They have applied a new policy to world leaders. They've removed some tweets by the president of Brazil before. They've also removed some tweets from the Venezuelan president, arguing that the tweets are breaking social distancing orders and touting false cures when it comes to COVID-19. So especially when there is something like a pandemic involved here and people's lives are at stake, it seems that they have been getting more aggressive about labeling things as, hey, this needs a fact check. Twitter has slapped a little fact check label on some of the president's tweets for the first time. And the tweets that he made were about mail-in ballots. He said uh, verbatim, this is one of his recent tweets, there is no way, zero, that mail-in ballots will be anything less than substantially fraudulent. Mailboxes will be robbed, ballots will be forged, and even illegally printed out and fraudulently signed. The governor of California is sending ballots to millions of people. Anyone. Uh, he goes on. This is just one of his many rants. Uh, people, anyone living in the state, no matter how they are or how they got there, will get one. That will be followed up with professionals telling all of these people 
many of whom have never even thought of voting before, how and for whom to vote. This will be a rigged election. No way. So Twitter has slapped that uh, fact check label. And now he's responded by doing what? Saying that he wants to shut down Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Not just Twitter, like like all of social media. He's just like, I'm just going to shut down some social media because they disagree with me. Yeah, and this is the first time that they've disagreed with him. But he says that his defense is that social media silences Republican voices. And if it continues to do that, he wants to shut down social media, which I'm not... Uh, obviously I'm not an expert when it comes to politics, but I'm going to go ahead and guess that he can't just shut down social media. No, you can't just like stop. These are private organizations, by the way, like whether we like it or not. So you can't just tell Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, you're going to stop operating because I don't want you to like, because (laughs) I don't want you to keep me in facts, I guess. I don't know. His, um, Brad Parscale, his, uh, campaign manager, like his 17th campaign manager or whatever, was, you know, the issued this statement. I just think it's so funny. It, we always knew that Silicon Valley would pull out all the stops to obstruct and interfere with President Trump getting his message through to voters. Did you always know that? Always? You, you always, you always knew that Silicon Valley was just waiting to do this. Also, 2016 election, Facebook Right. Interference. I don't. Does anyone else remember this? This is anyway. He goes on partnering with the biased fake news media. Quote: Fact checkers is only a smokescreen. Twitter is using to try to lend their obvious political tactics some false credibility. There are many reasons the Trump campaign pulled all our advertising from Twitter months ago, and their clear political bias is one of them. Well, I mean, it, when it comes to there does have to be some kind of a, there have to be some regulations around this eventually. I mean, you there's freedom of speech, of course. But when you're uh, if you're a, the, a world leader that is saying things that are fe- inherently not true, there needs to be some kind of a some kind of an indication that those things are not true, especially when you're saying things about other people, because that could be defamation. What's going on with insulin? Because I know you're a little upset about that, James. Oh, Oh, just a little. Take a listen. Pocket cost for this life-saving treatment almost double. I don't use insulin. Should I be? Huh? I never thought <laughs> about it. But I know a lot of people are very, uh, very badly affected. Right? Um, Do, does he know what insulin is? You can't just, like, pick it up at the grocery <laughs> store at the counter. It's not like an aspirin. You just don't pick up. And should I be taking, should I be using inserts in my shoes? You know, sometimes my feet hurt. Maybe I should try those inserts. No, insulin is a prescription for people who need it, who are diabetic, which he may be. I don't know. I don't think he's diabetic. No one's ever told us this. But you don't just decide whether or not you use insulin. This is the president of the God bless the United <laughs> States of America saying this dumb stuff. And it even it overshadows the fact that his administration is actually sort of doing a good thing. They're capping the price of insulin at $35 per month for anyone who needs it. Mm-hmm. Now, people's insurance premiums are going to go up by $17 a month, but they're capping the price of insulin. That's great. Thank you, Donald Trump and your administration for making that happen. But can you actually get through doing one positive thing without being a effing idiot? Yeah. God. Go on. I better stop or else I'm going to fart again. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. 
dropped the subject with Allie and James, and we wanted to update you on a couple of stories that we covered yesterday. Some updates have been coming through for the the incident that happened in Minneapolis over the weekend. I know we shared with you the, the black man that was murdered by the police in Minneapolis when an officer put his knee on his neck for an extended period of time, and he was originally stopped, I believe, for, was it, it was a forgery, right, James? Yeah, so the, there was a, a local business who had said that someone had tried to forge a check, like an inappropriate check, and then described someone who ended up looking like this man whose name is George Floyd, and it's very important we know and say his name, and would look, look like George Floyd. So the police were called, the police then apprehended this individual, who fit the description that the business called in and and that was George Floyd 46 who was then you know arrested by police and um, most of us know the story but was pinned down under a police officer's knee for more than five minutes and he subsequently died at the hospital as a result of those injuries yes and yes you're right James it's very important that we say his name George Floyd we didn't know his name yesterday he hadn't been identified but now he has and you can add it to the list of, of way too many black i mean individuals because they're i mean sandra bland and all kinds of other um Mm -hmm. you know but uh so it's important that we that we say his name and also share some of the uh things that have been said on social media on behalf of a lot of black athletes like king james um uh, james uh lebron james Uh um put on instagram something it was a very powerful image of right there's the image of the police officer with his knee on George Floyd's neck and it says this. And then on the other side, it's Colin Kaepernick kneeling and it says is why. So this is why it's a very powerful image of literally an officer kneeling on a man. Right. And then comparing it to this. Yeah. Suffocating him and then saying, this is why, you know, Colin Kaepernick was doing what he was doing and why many others were doing it as well. And so I think it's important uh, to share this. And I think it's, I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. was was chiming in as well. Demarcus Lawrence, Jalen Brown saying that if I were in attendance, I would have been arrested for sure. So, um, you know, I, I just think that that image and that concept is important to to reflect on in these situations. Right. Well, and I even love, you know, obviously LeBron has a big voice and LeBron's been LeBron's been an outspoken, you know, opponent of police brutality against the black community for a long time. But I love that that what he's making the comparison here is that, you know, people like to jump Colin Kaepernick and say he's anti-American, he's anti the flag, he's anti the national anthem. It has nothing to do with the flag or the national anthem. It has everything to do with the police's specific treatment of black individuals. And this keeps happening. And just for the record, Colin Kaepernick asked a veteran family member who is white, because Colin Kaepernick is mixed, and said, how can I bring attention to police brutality against the black community while not disrespecting you as a veteran of uh, of the armed services and not disrespecting the United States. And he said, oh, well, if you want to do something during the national anthem, you should kneel because that will still show respect for the country and respect for the veterans who have died and served this country. And yet everyone is, so people don't, again, everyone reads the headline and then gets angry and listens to their friends, brothers, uncles, cousins. Well, I think I heard, no, know the facts before you make judgment about, particularly about someone who has sacrificed his career and millions of dollars like Colin Kaepernick. Right. Uh, I, I think it's, it's unbelievable. And we have, wow, I didn't know that. Absolutely. That's, this is why he kneeled in the first place. And people seem to not understand that. We do also have an update to um, just on the, 
the situation with Christian Cooper, who was the the man in Central Park who filmed uh, our yesterday's Karen, whose real name is Amy Cooper, who was going to call the police um, and let them know that a black man was assaulting her in the Ramble, which is a part of Central Park, uh, was not actually the case. Christian Cooper was on with Don Lemon on CNN last night and had some very interesting words about the the fallout from this incident. I, I know I've had to deal with a lot of messaging and the messaging aimed at her has been, you know, quite significant. So I could see where that would be um, a little startling. And some of the messaging I am told has been death threat. And that is wholly inappropriate and abhorrent and should stop immediately. Um, it, I find it strange that people who were upset that they tried that as they see it and, and rightly that she tried to bring death by cop down on my head would then turn around and try to put death threats on her head. I think it's it's really very interesting that he you know he has said that a lot of you know we should not absolutely not be calling for death threats for her. He actually goes on later on in the interview to talk about how even some of the severity of her punishment of being fired of you know people claiming death threats, her dog being taken away, like this woman will probably never work in the United States again. Like he's like okay. I, she needs to be punished for what she did, but ultimately we need to learn from this and we can't just cancel people. We can't just cancel the Karens who are being racist. We need to teach the Karens and maybe like destroying Karen's life is not the right way to go about it. Yeah, I know. I think there's an interesting and, and a good and a good point for him to make specifically because he was the victim in this situation. All right. Drop the subject returns after this. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject, James, and your Ali Johnson. Get your streamers out and get ready, cause we're going out to party because LA County is well thinking about opening. Well, some, <laughs> some the the big thing is that we might be able to do in person shopping very soon. I believe they're opening this today. It says that LA County is allowing retail stores to reopen with in person shopping, but they're asking for approval on opening hair salons. Hair salons, everybody. If you're looking at Whoa. that long mane on either side of your shoulders you can thank some of these supervisors who will uh, theoretically be approving the reopening of hair salons in la county and opening dining rooms as well so restaurants might be even reopening this might be happening by the end of the week which is crazy you know this is and we know not everyone listening lives in la county but the sort of the the issue here is that several other surrounding counties and la county is huge by the way it's actually one of the largest counties in the entire country so la county is ginormous and there are there are millions of people in la county but have had much more restrictive guidelines than other counties around us now that seems to make sense because we also have the highest number of cases in the entire state of california which was also one of the top 10 in in the country but we've had we flattened for a while we're downtrending we're seeing uh much lower numbers and so we have almost met those like phase two to phase three guidelines the problem is, is that lots of the businesses are saying that we we can't even hang on for another week or so. Like we need income right now. So the L.A. County Board of Supervisors are, are having sort of a contentious debate right now as to, you know, like everyone is across the entire world right now. What's the balance between opening up to save the economy, which is very important as a public health person? I agree with that. It's also really important that we not get people sick and overwhelm the healthcare system and have people needlessly get sick and die from this. So it's a really difficult balance. Um, and I, you know, I, again, I think regardless of where you live, whether or not you're going out, 
you still need to bring the hand sanitizer with you, maintain at least six feet of distance from other people. Um, and you got to wear your masks. This, this thing travels, it's got some respiratory capacity to it. Like it's just, it's a little bit scary. And what we're realizing is that you really are getting this directly from other individuals. So yes, you can go get your hair cut, but make sure the person that's cutting your hair is wearing a mask. They've cleaned their hands and their tools and that you're wearing your mask through the whole time as well. Well, I would imagine that barbers and hairstylists are going to be overwhelmed very quickly. And I also imagine that even in a hair salon where the the hair, the chairs are spaced fairly, you know, that there's usually more than six feet between them, I would imagine they still wouldn't be able to have the salon full at full capacity. Yeah. And I think that's what they're saying, too, about like like stores. So like salons can't be at full capacity. They have to stagger appointments. Uh, uh, retail stores, which are now going to open to actually allow individuals inside, only have a certain capacity as well. Restaurants, kind of similarly to where you ate this weekend, Allie, like you have, you can only have so many tables per square feet, and or most things have to be outside and it has to be well ventilated. And so we're definitely not like slamming back into normal or anything, which is great. We yeah. should not do that. Um, but it's a step, and it's a step, I think, in the right direction. I hope. Well, and when it comes to restaurants, I guess there's going to be a lot of (laughs) it's funny because I I think that we're about to enter an age of feeling rushed to leave somewhere as soon as we get there all the time, (laughs) because there's going to be these capacity limits, right, for even just walking around in a shop or going. So I mean, some people have already experienced in a grocery store, uh, in a restaurant, there's going to be like the place that I went that I ended up sitting down. By the time we left, there was somebody else walking in and going, oh, can we actually sit down? And they're like, well, we're at capacity with eight people and there are two people on the list. So it's probably going to be about 30, 45 minute wait, you know, when there's only two people on the list, we're normally right. going to probably take 10 minutes. So <laughs> you have to pick your battles. And also, as soon as you sit down, yes, you, you've gotten the golden ticket where you actually get to sit down. But you're going to feel rushed probably because there's always going to be a line every single time you go anywhere. Yep. And I, well, I wonder if this is going to change kind of the reservation game as well, right? Like right. if everyone's places that would normally not take reservations are going to be re- almost required to take reservations now just so that they don't end up with a whole bunch of people at their front door waiting in line. And then, all you know, and then, of course, people are going to be disappointed by this. Right. Yeah, I, I can see the Karens coming out of the woodwork now. No, oh. you, you told me it would be 27 and a half minutes and yes. it's been 28 minutes. And I have been waiting this whole time. And and well, I didn't create the virus or the disease or the rules that said I can only have four of my original 12 tables in my restaurant. Like you either want to eat here or you can't. So I'm full on for the restaurant. I'm I know so many servers and bartenders who have really, really been struggling through this. I'm super excited that they're going to have potentially an opportunity to get back uh, to work, even though their income might be different, too. I also wonder, Ali, if prices aren't going to go up. Yeah, I think prices are going to go up and I think store hours are going to expand, especially with salons. So get ready for an 1130 p.m. hair appointment, everybody. You're going to have to stagger those reservations into the late evening hours. More Drop the Subject. News that or lose it is on deck. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. News, it'll lose it 
time. That's right. I've got three headlines. Three headlines in front of my eyes. Three headlines in front in front of your front of your eyes. That we're not gonna get to because we're singing too much. All right, I've got three headlines and you've got a clinger. Wow. Kinda strong. Oh, good. Here's your. Here's your first headline. Crayola has unveiled a new crayon pack of skin tone colors to promote inclusivity. Oh, good for them. Lose it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, Crayola. About time. 2020. Took you long enough. Whatever. Uh, Get all right, it together. Here's another inclusive story. First lesbian couple to get married in Costa Rica, and they had their wedding broadcast live on TV. Uh, yeah. You know what? There have been... The LGBTQ plus sirs have been going to Costa Rica for a long time, and just now they're getting... Okay, yeah, let's talk about it. And some late... Uh, these dresses are interesting choices. Uh-oh. Okay, and then finally, SpaceX launch is happening today, and there are two people going up in space thanks to Elon Musk. Oh, God. As much as I don't want to talk about Elon, it drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. I think we got to talk about the first U.S. space launch in a really long time. It's very interesting. Yes. Okay. So let's get into it. On uh, t- So today, for the first time, which I did not realize, it's the first time since 2011 that NASA astronauts are blasting off from American soil on an American rocket. Isn't that, isn't that something? We've been going to the International Space Station quite a bit and doing like orbital trips, but they've all been on Russian ships. Yeah, had no idea. So it's scheduled to lift off at 1.33 p.m. Pacific time, 4.33 p.m. Eastern time from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. They're covering the launch on NASA television. All the coverage has just begun and they're making their way. You can see the video feed right now. All the Teslas are making their way towards the launch site. It's <laughs> very strange because it's SpaceX and NASA working together. I will say, though, and these are this is the first time SpaceX has been in existence for a little while now. They've been making these rocket ships, and this is the first time they're actually sending people. I think at one point Elon Musk even sent a Tesla into space, but this is the first time people are involved. And I, I will say that this was just a conversation I had with somebody at a hotel room, but I met a guy at a at, we were in the same hot tub, a guy who worked for SpaceX, and this was probably five years ago yeah whoa and i was and i was like whoa what is it like working there and he was like it's crazy and he was like i don't i hope they never put people on those things (gasps) (laughs) and i was like really and he was like yeah it is not he was like i don't there's a lot of people that don't know what they're doing and i was like um so i would hope that they've made some progress in the like five year period but uh i mean yeah, it's a little scary, to be honest. We, okay. we do not need a space disaster right no, now. Especially if this is the first time we're launching on American soil since it's been nine years. At least I hope that maybe in this five years, that's why it's SpaceX and NASA working together. I don't, NASA may or may not have a little bit of experience doing this. So like, sure. maybe I think NASA was like, okay, come here, bubs. Yep, good try. Now, you know, big big brother's going to take over and we're going to do this the right way. Yeah, and you know, I the only thing that I, I agree with you, James, and the fact that if NASA's overseeing it, you do have a little sense of security. I feel like they should do a few checks 
But um, I kind of wish that Katherine Johnson from Hidden Figures was still still alive. It could be, could be like, hey, yeah. what about her? Just right. get her on it. Okay, check the numbers, lady. I want her checking the numbers, please. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> care if you're like 105 years old. Just have her do the <laughs> right, math. Right, exactly, because you're still smarter than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, let's talk about Costa Rica and how it got a little gayer uh, this, this past, uh, I guess this was yesterday or maybe over the weekend. Uh, they had their first same-sex couple getting married in Costa Rica. They had a set a ceremony uh, in the early hours of the morning. I believe this happened. Let me see. This was, yeah, this was yesterday. Um, Alexandra Q. Castillo mm-hmm. uh, and Daritza Araya were the first lesbian couple to get married as a Costa Rica Supreme Court ruling went into effect legalizing marriage equality in the Central American ca- uh, country. They were married at 12.01 a.m. local Aww. time. So I guess with, uh, with, the, with the passage of the les- legislation, they got married as soon as it was enacted and it was broadcast on TV. Oh, wow. That's really cool that it was broadcast on TV. I, t- I find it for a country that, well, l- let me say, I guess I can't quote their like LGBTQ human rights track record, so I, I don't want to speak out of turn. But the country has been very, very open and welcoming to gay tourist dollars for years. Right. Uh, so I just find it really interesting that they're just now getting around to this. Although, listen, we just did it five years ago. So, like, who are we to talk? <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. But gays love Costa Rica and they should love us back. So it's nice to see some progress. It's nice to see. Congratulations to the brides. One of them's wearing like a real short. It's like thigh level uh, d- wedding gown. We'll tweet it out because it looks oh. kind of interesting. I'm interesting. <laughs> are. I agree the with the marriage, not necessarily <laughs> the outfits, but uh, we have more uh, to come on Drop the Subject. Cancel culture is getting crazy and a couple of other people have been called out on social media. You decide whether they're worth canceling or not. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject, James and Ada here, and uh, all right, so cancel culture, I believe, wasn't it like the word or the phrase of the year last year or something, like cancel culture is pretty, pretty rampant, rampant? It is, yes, and... That's a word? Sure, I just... (laughs) Rampant, You know what? Yes. And canceling somebody, I mean, I think this is the year of canceling events it's the year of canceling trips it's also still another year of canceling people and we thought that this might be a little bit it it might have uh sort of been on the decline with the with the pandemic happening because it would maybe make us feel a little bit more uh understanding or empathic to what everyone's going through uh, it doesn't seem to be the case. Seems like everyone is more outraged than ever. And there are a couple of people who are being canceled, some for good reasons and some for uh, it's TBD. It is TBD. And listen, I think almost with the pandemic, everyone's inside. People are spending more time on social media. And we, you know, we talked about Twitter earlier in the show. I mean, there is no place to get more fired up and more angry mm. one way or the other on Twitter. You're either seeing a bunch of people who disagree with you and you're getting really angry about it because they're being sort of obstinate about it because everyone is like not human on Twitter. They're like crazy. Or you're reading a bunch of tweets with people who do agree with you and then they're getting you all fired up about something. Like Twitter, 
I actually would be totally fine if Donald Trump wants to cancel social media, if he wants to cancel Twitter. <laughs> I would be totally fine if he canceled Twitter, honestly. Other than the fact that I know some people make their incomes on Twitter, other than that, cancel Twitter. I'm done. I'm over it. But... <laughs> People, I, feel I love like that you're like, I agree. Just yeah, cancel all just social cancel media. cancel social media. Let's uh, do it. Just, just go back in a, time. Maybe just for a week even. Like, just give us all a little break. Uh, wow, but, that's a great concept, James. Just that? cancel all social media for one week and see what happens in that week. It wouldn't that, I think or, it's going to be, people are going to have a harder time than I'm having going vegetarian for a week. That's or, for sure. Uh, or like social media is only on certain hours of the day. So you only get Ooh. social media like 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. Yeah, you just limit everyone's social media screen time. And then they just non-negotiable. Like, people can only freak out for so long and then that's it. And then we do things like, oh, get back to talking to each other or and like being crafty <laughs> and like fixing yeah. things around the house, working out, like doing all of these things that maybe might be better for us than like hanging out on Instagram. I don't know. I'm just saying. Writing stern letters. <laughs> That's gonna. I'm, we're just gonna go back to that. I'm gonna write a stern letter to your manager, right? <laughs> Signed, Karen Jones. So uh, we're definitely canceling the Karens who need to be canceled. But there are t- a couple of other people who are being canceled in Hollywood right now, and we. This is sort of a like, why didn't this guy get canceled 15 years ago? And then another situation where do we cancel him? I don't know. So the first one is is actually Cal- the state of California has had to step in and get involved. The California Department of Fair Employment and Housing has filed a discrimination lawsuit against Disney and CBS Studios because they co-produced cr- the show Criminal Minds. And there's a cinemato- cinematographer on that show by the name of Greg St. John's who helped to create a culture of, quote, harassment, discrimination, and retaliation on set for Are You Ready? Fort. Years. Yeah. And I mean, the things that are alleged in the claims are pretty intense, uh, saying that he would regularly touch men on the testicles, anus, and butt cheeks, which is, I mean, you tell me as a man, how, James, how, how can you just yeah. brush up against someone's anus? I don't know. No, correct. Like, that's a very intense, like, that is full on assault. If you're doing that, but then, so people, it literally took the media getting attention to this guy to actually, for them to bring up charges against him. And then he was, you know, fired eventually. But now, you know, they're saying that like, now there's a a lawsuit coming out against him because the studios apparently never really actually addressed his behavior, even though there were multiple complaints about it. So this guy full on assaulting people to be canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yes, I think that guy should be canceled. And it's amazing that the state of California is suing over it. Meanwhile, in 2000, 20 years ago, Jimmy Fallon made an impersonation, did an impersonation of Chris Rock in blackface. And that has resurfaced. And everyone wants to cancel Jimmy Fallon. Now, this is he's already apologized. He's saying there's no excuse for this. I'm very sorry for making this unquestionably offensive decision. And thank you all for holding me accountable. This situation and brushing up against someone's anus very very different but both being canceled yeah and i don't you know it's it I, we want to sort of pose this to you listeners like we we ali and i have our thoughts but we would like, kind of like to know how you feel about like jimmy fallon apologizing chris rocks never said anything about this blackface is always wrong it's horrible it's it's the worst thing ever does jimmy fallon get full-on canceled for this it's an interesting question and we it want is. to know your thoughts this is drop the subject 
Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject with Allie and James. Let's have some COVID-free radio. That's right. For the next hour, we will not mention the C word. We're actually... All right. We are going to learn from the 1950s. We have done this once before. We learned how to improve our personalities. And because there are things from the 50s that are becoming popular again, like baking bread at home and Tupperware and drive-in movie theaters. And uh, I mean, there's people are like bicycle sales are through the roof. I mean, picnics, all that stuff. We're kind of going back in time. So we figured we would go back in time and learn a little something about our present. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is just a disclaimer. We're going to learn from the fifties minus the racism and misogyny. This Uh is uh, this is how we roll on drop the subject. You know, the other day, Ali, some friends were making meat pies and it made me think of this. I'm like, oh, God, I'm sure we haven't no. had meat pies since the 50s either. Exactly. Probably the 1850s. <laughs> so now we are about to learn about something that is probably commonplace in a lot of households right now. Marital problems. Here we go. Learning from the 1950s. When you marry, you will have conflicts with your marriage partner. With two individuals, two points of view. It would be impossible not to disagree sometimes and unrealistic not to learn how to handle marital conflicts. Learning the techniques now is better than learning them later, the hard way. There's an argument going on at the Adams house and there's an identical argument going on at the same time over at the Canes. All right, so so if you're just catching up, there are two of the same argument going on in two different American 1950s households. The two different arguments going on at the same time. Let's hear more, Ali. And I believe this is something we talked to Dr. Jen about. They're both fighting about money. Let's listen in on both couples for a moment. First, the Canes. It's only money. Let's just throw it all away. It's only a budget. It's not sacred. Not with you around. Me? Who does all the scraping and scrounging to keep us on that precious budget? And over at the Adams house. time on the food part of it? Wow. I mean, you figure whatever you say there is yours. Oh, yes! I am very underhanded. Sure, I scrimp on the groceries just so I can have some money now, of my own. this seems, oh, this seems like a tough a- Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. The Adamses and the Canes are... Okay, okay, I'm not a fan of either of them. <laughs> Allie, I don't think, I feel like ni- neither is, maybe this is why we got out of the 50s so fast. <laughs> I mean, it only well, took us 10 years. Hey, oh, boom, it, it's, This actually, I've listened to the entirety of this, and it actually does not end the way you think it does. Now, yes, this, fa- this, this couple, which, by the way, I believe that this argument is going on in more than two American households <laughs> at this time. <laughs> Try right all of them. Right. But let's, let's, let's listen. And the games are at it again. Now, the best way to handle a disagreement is through calm discussion. See if you can tell which one of these couples is arguing constructively. Which pair is arguing destructively? My big fat allowance, as you call it, all goes for car fare to get me to work. All right, all right. That is what burns me up. Okay. I mean, there is no place wow. for any leeway. We have ourselves strapped in a straitjacket. Oh, my But you goodness. can't say that a real vacation doesn't make sense. Not when we have the money, and not when it's the only chance we're going to have for years. Okay, so now they're fighting about a vacation, and it just this goes on for some eating time. Eating you, let's talk about that, not about spending every cent in the savings account. It's not eating me! 
oh god something's eating her now i don't know what's going on this is escalating the hospital bills and furniture and stuff for the baby okay so now they're talking about a baby so this just keeps going on and on and on which we don't have time to listen to all of it obviously look i understand how you feel i'd like to break loose from the grind while we still can okay 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 you win okay now now she says you win Wow. And I mean, somehow they have resolved this argument. What is that it? She just says you win and that's that's it? That's well, the there's all this kind of stuff about a vacation and then a baby. And then it turns out to be that they're nervous about having a baby. And that's where this fight started in the okay, first place. Okay, you win. But I know we've got to be reasonable about it. Well, then for Pete's sakes, let's argue about what we can do. Huh? Meanwhile, over at the Canes. I tell you what you can do. <laughs> You always do. You can stop acting like a martyr every time I inject a little common sense into this Oh, my this goodness. You say no without even listening to what I have to say, and you call that common sense. Well, what is there to listen to? You walk into the room and announce, we're going to Mexico. You expect me to just say, yes, darling? Do you have to make all of the decisions, but I don't have any say? Not when what you have to say is just plain stupid. Oh, oh, goodness. Oh, oh no. Whoa. Using the S word? That's like, I mean, things are getting real bad. And yeah. I know we don't have time to go through all of it, but things with that couple do not get any better. I mean, they start saying <laughs> some really hurtful things. Do they? Yes, they do. And and then the point that they end up making is that the yelling couple is actually the one that ends up handling this fight the right way. My idea was to wait until you grew up a little. A fine mother you'd make. <gasps> Even your own mother admits you're spoiled. Leave her out of this. With both the Keynes and the Adamses, it's clear that there is much more involved here than the disagreement over money with which the quarrels began. This is usually true of most marital conflicts. It's also apparent that the heat of a quarrel has nothing to do with whether it solves anything. The hot-headed Adamses bear this out. Their clash cleared the air for a reasonable discussion. But the discord between the canes, although not so loud, didn't get anywhere. See? I mean, I, you're right. there Because there was <laughs> so much passive aggressivity going on there. And neither... The, at least the first couple got to, let's actually argue what about what we're arguing about. Not uh-huh. like... This other stuff, like clearly the second of the Kings or whatever, the second couple were like not getting at what they really needed to get at. And sometimes you have to dig in. Sometimes you have to be like, this argument is not about like the toilet paper or going to Mexico. This argument is about like, I feel disrespected because of X, Y, Z or whatever. Right. We all know this. Right. So you got to dig in a little bit and sometimes you got to yell a little bit to dig in. So, I mean, it's a little scarier, but like, all right, for the Adamses doing it right. I know. I love that this 1950s PSA is all about screaming couples. What makes a quarrel destructive? And once the hitting gets below the belt, the urge to hurt the other person as badly as you've been hurt comes to the fore. The tension exploded the only way it could for the Canes in tears and resentment. Mrs. Adams, so there you go. I mean, I, I think that it's it's very interesting to listen to these because you it's easy to make fun of them, but then you're also like, no, that's actually pretty sound advice. Yeah, right. I, I, I mean, mean I, learning from the 1950s is actually kind of working, and I bet a lot of these people, I mean, in 2020, could probably take this advice and take it to heart. Yep. So there you go. Drop the subject, listeners. You have learned from the 50s in the 20s, <laughs> 2020s. That is, and it, it's still appropriate. And there you go. Be more like the Adamses. Yeah, you ninnies. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. 
Drop the subject on your Wednesday hump day. James Simmons, guest co-hosting with your Allie Johnson. And uh, Channel Q artist Halsey is in the headlines. But for a different reason than you might think. She had a little bit of an accident at home. (laughs) Poor thing. Hang on here. I was loading the dishwasher. And I pulled the door down to load the dishwasher yeah. and the kitchen floor was wet and I tripped over the dishwasher door and after, you know, 2000 live shows where I'm jumping around for two hours, I finally fractured my ankle in the kitchen at my house. There you go. A dishwasher accident took down Halsey's ankle. And you're, I don't know if you've ever seen Halsey, whatever, but she's quite an active performer. Like she's very much like does a lot. And so I feel like this is almost a segment of like stars, celebrities, they're just like us. Like they do dumb <laughs> things and break their ankles at home just like the rest of us. And she loads her own dishwasher. That's also my takeaway. I mean, hey, I mean, well, I was like, you're doing like your own dishes. Oh, you're right. Um, and it got us thinking about lame injury stories because you have gotten injured many times. I have gotten injured many times. I didn't realize we had such common ground when it came to being accident prone. But we also wanted to hear from you. What is your lamest injury story? So we've got that up on our social media at DTS show on Instagram on our Instagram story. So you can respond with your lamest injury stories and we will read them when we get back in the next segment. But we wanted to share James. I want to hear from you first because I feel (laughs) like you, especially being around a hospital setting, you Uh have a lot of injury related stories anyway, but Uh I want to hear your lamest injury story because sometimes the injury is like, whoa, that's crazy. You have a big gash in your leg and you're like, yeah, my like I, it was an avocado. I was trying to cut an avocado. And like, you know, it's always it. The, the story doesn't necessarily match the coolness of the injury. So, what's yours? Uh huh. Well, and you're right. I do. I have. I mean, we could do an entire show about the types of injuries I've seen in the emergency department that have like the worst backstories. And I'm always telling people, like, nope. You you need to come up with a better story. Gang fight. You were saving grandmas <laughs> from getting robbed. Like whatever. But. Uh, so I have lots. Uh, my friends and family who may or may not be listening um, could probably go on for a very long time about the injuries I've had. And I do have to say that most of my injuries have come from playing sports. So I've played a lot of sports my entire life, in particular basketball and volleyball, which both have a high propensity for like spraining ankles and breaking fingers ah. and things like that. Right. So ah. I have sprained or broken both of my ankles more than a dozen times. Oh, they just it's God. they're just horrible. So I have like the worst ankles on earth. But but are you one of those people that gets injured and you're like, kids, keep playing. I don't care. Uh, at first. Yeah. When I was younger, I'm like, whatever, <gasps> like play through the pain. And then as I got older and then my ankles were like, no, you're not, dude. You're no, not you're not. You're going to yeah. take a little breaky break. Yeah. One of the times that I did break my foot, however, uh, was not sports related. I was filming a little thing in the backyard of our house with a friend of mine who is a winemaker and he has like a kind of a popular like YouTube series and all this other stuff about wine. And he had me on to do my medical thing. This was oh five or six years ago. And we filmed in the backyard of our old place and we were drinking wine throughout the shoot. And then we just kept drinking wine because he's a winemaker, right? So we uh, did not mean to drink like two and a half bottles of wine between the three of us that oh, were there. Who does? <laughs> so uh, the next morning we were leaving to get on a plane to go to Europe for three weeks. So 
they come over and they you know they have all their setup whatever and they leave blah 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 and then i'm cleaning up the backyard and i'm of course of course i have to finish my last glass of wine so i'm walking around and i'm do 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 with my wine and i'm cleaning up stuff and i just barely just barely miss the last step coming down the steps <laughs> oh no oh coming down okay coming down uh-huh i fall hear a snap <gasps> wine ah! goes flying everywhere all over the backyard, all over the equipment. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, that's okay. I'm good. I'm good. I've done this before. Like, no big deal. Uh, whatever. So I don't stop cleaning everything. I go upstairs. I prop my foot up, put some ice on it, take some ibuprofen, and then I pass out. Oh, no. Isn't that you're not supposed to do that? <laughs> well, I mean, it, yeah. But I just I think it was more a function of I just had too much wine, right? I should have like watched this thing. So I wake up in the middle of the night at like 3 a.m. And my foot Pain. is huge oh, and black no. and blue and like oh. tingly. And I'm like, oh, my God. Chris was meeting me somewhere. So he's like out of town. So I'm like, I have to get myself to the emergency room to like get this oh, whole thing no. checked out. And I have to get on a plane in like six or seven hours. So fast forward through the whole thing. It was like this big dramatic thing, whatever. I end up going in. I broke three of the bones in my foot. Oh, and the so many bones, so many bones. And while I'm looking at it, the physician who's like, she knows I'm a nurse practitioner. So she's like, come look at your x-ray. And I go and look at my x-ray. And she's like, um, so these are the new fractures. <gasps> Did you know about all of these over here? And she shows me all these evidence of like all these old bone fractures, like, ankle fracture oh. that I didn't even know that I had on top of the ones that I knew I had. Like, she's <gasps> like, your foot is a mess. So <laughs> here's a boot. Here's some pain medications. And I probably wouldn't fly if I was you, but I understand if you decide that you need to fly. So oh, and you did, didn't you? I strapped on my boot and my crutches and my pain medications. And I went and crutched all around Europe for three and a half weeks on a broken foot. Worth it. And just, I know we have, we have to take a break, but when we come back, but of the injuries that you treat at the hospital, what percentage of them are drunk related? Oh, <laughs> in the ER, 17 to 20%. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. We'll hear from you guys. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and James. And we're talking about your lamest injury stories. Halsey broke her foot on a dishwasher over the weekend. And uh, it had a lot of uh, it had us at least thinking about what our lamest injury stories are. And quickly before we get to your responses, which are amazing, I actually have an injury story that also happened right before an international trip. Oh no! So it was the day that Prop Eight got overturned. Mm -hmm. So this was what twenty thirteen or something like that. Something like that. Twelve. And yeah. we we had li we lived kind of near West Hollywood. And we decided, my wife and I decided, why don't we bike on over to West Hollywood to celebrate? Because everyone was starting to flood the streets and celebrate. Oh, yay, Prop 8 got overturned. So I didn't properly get a helmet or I didn't even put on the right pants or whatever. I was in shorts and flip-flops and a tank top. And we were like, let's just go. We're too excited. So we get on our bikes and literally a block and a half into riding, I go over a speed bump and my flip-flop foot slips off the pedal, jams itself into the front spokes of the <laughs> bike, and I go flying over the handlebars, landing on my shoulder and doing a barrel roll into the middle of a residential street. Oh, no. 
tearing the a- my AC uh, in my left shoulder and oh, fracturing no. my elbow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and so I was laying gosh. in the middle of the street. And uh, of course, it's Los Angeles. So cars are just whizzing by me about to run me over. And so we get we had to get an ambulance. We had to go to the ER and I had to get in. I, I, I was in two slings and I had foot contusions all over my foot. Oh my God, Allie. <laughs> and then two days later, I had to go to Mexico with my mom and my sister because she had they had planned this whole like m- you know mom daughter fun Mexico trip. My sister has an amazing life. She always we always joke about how she has like every everything turns out well for my sister. So literally one of the things that we did, which I wouldn't do again, was we went on this dolphin excursion. Oh god! And I know. And but <laughs> she she got to actually swim with the dolphins, and I had to go over into the kiddie pool with all of the children because I had a cast on. <laughs> so it was literally like pictures of her with two dolphins on each foot pushing her through the water, uh-huh. and then me with like a. a like a bunch of gummy two-year-olds and like an old ass dolphin <laughs> like, like just opening is... its mouth for me to pet its tongue and I was like oh sums, like, up, so... sums up our life <laughs> yes <laughs> like, it was it. yeah I was like oh, this great. is it I had to walk into the ocean in the pool with like my arm hanging out and then I actually had to still start a barista job making coffee drinks with oh, that cast geez. still on when I got back oh, uh, not a good year okay let's hear from you at DTS show, we've been collecting responses all show long. Shelby underscore nay said, I had Ambien after one beer, woke up face down, purse around my neck, and chin busted from a fall on the clothing clothing <laughs> hamper. Oh God. Right. Never mix Ambien and alcohol, please, people. Oh my gosh. Never. Shelby, I hope you're okay. Vivi Cheese said, old guy in a wheelchair smashed my head in a car door when I came back from a delivery, a pizza delivery, because I was in the way. That's not good. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Yikes, head injuries here. Uh, Caroline Marie 91 said, I threw my back out getting out of bed trying to beat my partner to the bathroom. I'm 28. (laughs) I feel like we've all had those things. Like uh, I was telling these guys off air. um, I have put myself in the emergency room from sneezing too hard. I threw out my back (laughs) sneezing. (laughs) I've definitely thrown my back out. Uh, pouring the litter and then my uh-huh. wife threw her back out trying to put one of our friends on her shoulders when she was drunk so throwing your back out can happen at any given point and it's usually the most mundane things that will of throw course. your back out a sneeze is probably the most ridiculous okay and then l underscore spence 95 said uh my girlfriend dropped soup on my leg and i got a second degree burn in the shape of africa <laughs> oh god ouch <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, KK I love it. KK underscore transponder on Instagram said tore ligament in my ankle chasing an obese chihuahua down one step. <laughs> <laughs> that I tell you, it's that last step. That last step will get you. <laughs> it is that last step when you think you're done. And then finally another throw out your backstory from Tessura threw my back out putting a sock on and it still hurts a year later. Uh-huh. Yep. That, I mean, once you throw that back out, it's over. You know, I, I actually, my very original back injury came from, so imagine steps that are like switchbacks, right? So you walk up a flight of steps and then you turn right and you go across and then you turn right again, you know, and then you go up the steps, right? So we're in this apartment complex in college and I jump up and grab the steps above and I'm swinging on them. And I'm like, hey, look at me, guys. And I like swing my legs up into the air and the step breaks. And so I fall down and I catch the corner of the steps below me right across my kidneys on my back. 
Oh. So I was, I mean, it knocked the wind out of me. I threw up. Oh, that's I, not like, good. Breathe, I'm not a medical practitioner, but I know that's there, not good. No. And, and, you know, as you can imagine, there may or may not have been alcohol involved that time, too. And so my friends are like, oh, my God, are you OK? You have to go to the emergency room. I'm like, no, <gasps> no, I'm fine. <gasps> you know, like I can't breathe. I puke. I'm like, whatever. It's just the alcohol, guys. I'm good. About an hour later, I pee blood. Oh, <gasps> no. And I'm like, oh, got to go to the ER. Yeah, I had significantly damaged one of my kidneys. From no. The fall. Oh, uh-huh. my God. It was awful. And and I caused a disc to rupture. Are you kidding me? Which is why I have this cranky back the rest of my life. So when I've done things like if I sneeze too hard, I can piss off that disc and it'll throw my back out. And then I have, you know. Either I've, I've learned how to kind of live with it, or if the pain's too bad, I have to go to the ER. Oh, wine. Why do you yeah. do this to us? Oh, man. Well, keep them coming at DTS Show. Get, give us your lame injury stories. When we get back, young people watching old movies. Jesse had to review the movie Psycho. We'll get to that next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back. Drop the subject. Allie Johnson, James Simmons, and it is time now to get another review from our... Our uh, young, young producer named Jesse, who, you know, anytime we have technical problems on the show, which have happened this week, I will admit, uh, just go ahead and blame this guy, you know, and I have been accused of being a bully. I do not accept that terminology. I just think that I am a stern. Mm. No, we're canceling you. No. Oh, damn it. I was like, I can't. What do I? uh, What did I tell you to say you were last week? You were focused. I'm focused. <laughs> Maybe that's the new word. Like Karen is the new word for whatever. Maybe focused is the new word yeah. for just like mega B. You know what I can do is just <laughs> use Hillary Clinton as an excuse every time and be like, well, you know, every time Hillary Clinton was stern, everyone just called her a bitch. And that's just not fair. And so I'll just be as mean as possible. And I'll just say that every time someone accuses me of being awful. You're like, oh, are you accusing me of being like Hillary Clinton? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Because uh-huh. she was the woman who was just trying to get what she wants wanted. Right. Look what happened. All right. Everyone vilified her and then I'll just and then I'll roll into Karen territory and know when to step back. And then that's and, not the right. point. And then or Jesse could just mess up all the time. And then you're really a nice person, except for to Jesse, who might deserve it. Oh, Jesse's on the line. Lo- hey, oh, Jesse. Oh, hi, Jesse. How's it going? Hey, yeah. Just been here the whole time. Just yeah, just uh, oh. observing the conversations as usual. So you heard all that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he didn't. I okay, did. so anyway, you <laughs> got to watch. We have a segment that we do called Young People Watching Old Movies. And uh, we picked last week <clears throat> an assignment that was due for you on Tuesday. But if you'll note, listeners, today is Wednesday. Uh, yeah, and you know, he does the no excuse excuse where you're like, Jesse, what's going on? Why didn't you? Would you want to share with the listeners what your excuse was this time for not being ready on time? Uh, I've been moving. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Move a lot of furniture and. Right. Apartments and stuff. <laughs> yeah, now green, uh, global health pandemic mm-hmm. uh, stapler. That's actually better than the excuse last time, which was I didn't feel up to it. Yeah, I mean, mo- I feel like moving is a legit excuse, but we're gonna we're gonna learn you how to sell it a little bit, Jelly. You got to sell it. You be like, oh my god, I was moving. It was so hard. We had like the truck broke down. It was this whole yeah. thing. We couldn't get the couch to fit in. Like da da da. Like if you yeah, just, broke like, my foot on a step. Right, right, right. Yeah, like okay, fine. Oh gosh, Jesse was so stressed. He didn't have enough time, but. He did have enough time last night, thank God. And so we were able to put together, well, Jesse watched anyway. Jesse watched Psycho, which was the movie that we assigned to him last week. And uh, this is his review for young people watching old movies. Drop the 
subject presents young people watching old movies. So, psycho. A secretary goes on the lam after stealing a whopping 40k from her boss and finds herself at Bates Motel, like the crappy Netflix show. There she meets a man who likes to stuff birds. She surprisingly gets murdered by Birdman's mother. Then a PI shows up looking for the secretary, also gets murdered by mother. Then the boyfriend shows up, is kind of an S-bag. Turns out the mother has been dead for years and Birdman likes to roleplay. He kills people but not flies. The end. This has been young people watching old movies. Is looking at you, kid. You know, I'm amazed that you mentioned you did this entire 30 second recap without mentioning a shower. And that is the quintessential scene in Psycho that everybody thinks of. You really went for the main plot points, which I didn't even remember any of that. Like, I didn't remember that that secretary st- stole 40 G's from her employer and that he was dressed up as his mom killing people at first. I couldn't, like, that was kind of a nice refresher. Yeah, I figure that everybody see, has seen the um, the shower scene and it's kind of out there and there's no point of yeah. kind of in 30 seconds bringing it back oh. up. <clears throat> okay. Your, your yes and work is impeccable. Im- impeccable. Yes. And uh, okay. Otherwise, I thought it was a pretty good. I mean, if our job is to review the reviewer, I guess. Right. So uh, I thought it was a pretty good review. Um, there are maybe some key things that are left out of that. Uh, also, you know, the movie was a little bit controversial at at its time, Jesse, for uh, p- potentially portraying young uh, what's his bucket as gay. Norman um, Bates. Yes. And so was this a gay Norman Bates thing? Was this an Oedipus complex Norman Bates thing? Did you get any of those undertones? Yes. No. I, I kind of got the Oedipus thing. Not so great. Uh huh. OK. All right. Do you think that you're delivering a lot of energy right now? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've been having to listen to you guys talk for like four hours. All right, now. all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, fine. I I'm will. I'm just kidding. Well, you know what? I have to put it back on us. Okay, I'm not a bitch. Think of Hillary Clinton. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject with Allie and James Simmons. And you know, James, we talked yesterday about Karens getting a bad rap, but bats also getting a bit of a bad rap these days. So we thought we would clear up any confusion. <laughs> With Tara Hohoff, a certified bat lady. Is that your official title, bat lady? (laughs) Yes, that sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. Tara is a wildlife biologist and the coordinator of the Illinois Bat Conservation Program. And I thought we would start off with explaining the theory on bats causing the COVID outbreak and whether or not you support that theory. Yeah, well... The reason that bats have been kind of blamed for this right now is because the horseshoe bats in China, they do tend to carry a lot of coronaviruses. And that's where coronaviruses, this group of viruses, has come from before. So they're kind of the easy ones to blame. But when they look at the genetic information, they do find that it's not 100% matched with the coronaviruses that we do know about bats. And so there's still more that more information that we need in order to understand where this coronavirus came from. So they're not a slam dunk spot to blame yet. Um, we do need more information. It's also possible that It originally came from bats, but passed through another um, form of wildlife before it came to humans. And so it might have adapted and changed a little bit between that time. I feel like, you know, this is just another opportunity for people to just give bats a bad name, Tara. Like... They're just, you know, people are like vampire bats and there's bats in my home and bats carry this disease and bats carry that disease. So like we're, this is the chance 
Tara the Bat Lady. I, I want you to sort of like clear it up for us. Like they, even if even if bats do end up being sort of the source of this virus that jumped species, which is rare, but let's say they end up being the source of it. Okay. Still like, why are bats great? Why are they a fantastic part of our ecosystem? Yeah. And you know, maybe they are the source of this, but they still do a lot of amazing things for us, especially when you look at worldwide. Bats are helping to control insect populations. They help to pollinate. They spread seeds. They do a lot for us. And here in the United States, most of our species are insectivores. So they only eat insects, but that's great. Wait, they help you, said, control- you said most. There's yes. some that don't like, do they eat people? There's some that eat people. That's <laughs> no. what you're saying. <laughs> there are some, there are Not here in the United States. <laughs> oh, here in okay. the United States, we have a few down in the Southwest that feed on nectar. Not okay. here in the U.S. We don't have to worry about that. Okay, wait. Oh my gosh. But what? there are bats that eat people <laughs> elsewhere. Please tell me so I know not to visit. There are a few species of vampire bats down in Central America, but they're not looking for humans. Most of the time they're feeding on cattle. They actually crawl. They're a really neat species. They'll crawl up to cattle and make a little incision and they'll feed a small amount of blood. But researchers are actually really interested in those species because they have an anticoagulant in their saliva to make the blood continue to flow. Um, and that's really that's really cool. And that's something we could use in the medical field. It's interesting that you say that because when you think of, OK, you know, you're saying there, there are a lot of different species of bats that are able to carry these diseases. What about vaccines? Are we are we looking to them for possible vaccines? Because it seems like they can get any which any whatever disease and they're like, whatever, I'm chilling. Yeah. So there is a lot of research going into looking at some of these species that are able to carry a high viral load and not. Um, have a mortality rate. And so there's a lot of research going into, you know, how do their immune systems respond to these viruses and, you know, what's going on in their bodies so that they're able to tolerate having this virus. And I think something that's really interesting is, you know, if a virus kills an individual very quickly, they're not actually able to pass it on um, and continue the infection. And so, you know, how are these bats able to survive, continue to infect, you know, their group and be fine, it seems like. Now, have you noticed uh, uh, sort of an uptick in... I'm totally not making light of this in any sort of situation at all. Okay, I just want to make that very clear. But have you noticed sort of an uptick in like anti-bat behavior? Like people being like sort of anti-bat with all of this? Well, I do. I have been getting, even, you know, my family and friends who I talk about bats all the time with, um, (laughs) you know, they're like, what's going on with bats? And it's almost like people think they need to be worried about all bats and they need to be worried about bats here in the United States. And that's really not the case. The horseshoe bats in China are a very specific group and we don't really have to worry about bats around us. I think a lot of people are jumping quickly because it is an easy scapegoat. But I think As a scientist, I think it's really important that we have the correct data and we do understand the source of this so we can learn in the future how to avoid situations like this. I looked up those horseshoe bats and they're definitely not the same bats that I see floofily eating fruit in YouTube videos. (laughs) They do look a little bit scarier. Um, But horseshoe bats, are they more dangerous than other bats or is it just... When it comes to this situation specifically, uh, I know that another thing that comes up is the uh, wild animal trade that was possibly mm-hmm. happening. And and 
is there more crossover between horseshoe bats and those types of environments? I think, you know, proximity, there's a lot of wildlife markets in that area. And bats are consumed in many places in the world as a form of meat. And I think it's important that we don't judge how other people acquire their food. But I do think we have to be cautious and understand how this happened. It's just a really complicated situation. But I don't think there's necessarily some species that are more dangerous than others. Obviously, you know, here in the United States, bats can carry rabies, a very small percentage of them. Um, And I think it's important that we always keep that in mind that wildlife needs to be wild, be cautious, and bats don't seek out to interact with humans. We have issues or they're brought into wildlife markets or people handle them when they shouldn't, you know, that's when we get this crossover effect. And that happens with all kinds of wildlife. That's what they say with a lot of, you know, the gays were bears and otters and whatever. You got to keep us wild. too. (laughs) Yeah, Tara, one last question. You know, a bat entered my home at two different occasions. Are bats homophobic? Why are they tormenting me? (laughs) No, no, no. They're just looking for a safe space. You know, they right. Like all of us. There you go. Right. They are. They are. They're just looking for a a safe place to have their babies. And um, unfortunately, they make the wrong choice. (laughs) That's true. We can't blame them for that. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Man, approaching the last hour here on Drop the Subject with Allie and James, and it is gay AMA time. That's right. It's Wednesday. Isn't it Wednesday? It's Wednesday. Today is, today is Wednesday. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And this is the point of the show where we get to ask each other questions about our gay, gay lifestyles. And oh, do I have a doozy for you, James Simmons. Can ooh. I go first? You may go first. Okay. I'm going to start this off by setting the scene of something that uh, was brought to my attention over the weekend. One of my fathers, I have four, ha- has a, a little... Wow. A little thing. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, I have... delayed reaction on the four dads. I have one bio, two step, and one in-law. Uh-huh, okay. One of the dads, who shall remain anonymous, said that he has a little issue going on with his prostate. Hmm... He then went to the doctor and he was a little uncomfortable when he learned that the person who was doing his checkup was not only a woman, but a much younger woman. And my question for you is, as a gay man, does it make you feel uncomfortable uh, when there's, say, a woman that's doing the, the turning cough or does that uncomfortability dissipate is it not there as much because there's no sexual tension or no fear of like ah this woman and i like women and is she gonna view me this way and ah." does that happen for you it is i prefer a woman oh uh with things like that I, i mean i guess now that i'm older i don't really have a super strong preference either way because I don't have teenage, college age hormones running through me. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I think if I were 19 or 20 years old and let's say an attractive medical provider needed to do a prostate check or do the old turn and cough or whatever, that there would I would not be able to control arousal if they were f- fondling. <laughs> Is that, so is that, a, yeah, that's, you can say that. But it's, so, it's but I, I want to be really careful about this and not to interrupt you, but I want to be really careful about this because this is not like, I've also never been the guy 
like this is such a misnomer that like if I'm in the locker room and there's like naked men around the locker room that I'm like yeah. tur- turned on by that. that you're like, like ah. right? Yeah. No, I just I'm like I'm at the gym. I'm ch- showering. Like whatever. But like I, that's so that's not. But I think it's a wholly different thing when someone is being like that close and intimate with you. Um, but no, so I guess I've just preferred women too because I also. I don't know. Guys feel judged about their junk too. You know, like if you got one guy looking at your junk, you're like, what is he oh. thinking of my junk? Like, <gasps> like, is interesting. There, you know, I, maybe, I don't know. I, I hope I'm not alone in that thought, but no, I'm, I'm down. Although right now my primary care provider is a very, very attractive gay man. And oh. uh, it actually doesn't bother me. It's totally fine. Well, I mean, I would imagine it's some in some situations it's kind of nice, right? Because like if you're getting a massage and it just happens to be like for me a, a really beautiful woman, you're like, "All right, cool. This is going to be nice." Like I'm not it doesn't make me nervous necessarily, but I would imagine it it makes for a better massage experience, and I would imagine the same is true for a nice uh, general doctor visit. <laughs> or yes, and in the general doctor visit, and it's I suppose that is nice. When, when it, again, I, it's very different now that I'm in my 40s and I'm like, yeah, whatever, do what you got to do. I think it's also changed a lot too when I became a medical professional myself. Like I'm more evaluating how this person is evaluating me, <laughs> right? Like are they kind of doing things in the right way versus me having any sort of like uncomfortability? But then does that alley apply to you as well with let's say your your annual as our, our older generation would call them? Like, you're, do you prefer yeah. a, a particular gender identity with someone who is performing a pap? I will say that regardless of my sexuality, I would prefer a female to be looking at my lady parts. And I think there are different, there, there's a different aspect to this because of, you know, some of the creepier things that men do or have done mm. to women and then mm. you know you read those stories about someone not really being a doctor or someone not really being a coach and things like that i think because of that aspect of life in general i'm just like you know what why don't we just make this easy and have this be a lady if i could pick <laughs> i would just rather have it be a lady but then i, I feel bad <laughs> If there's a man who's like a great gynecologist and he's sitting there with no appointments filled up because people like me feel that way, you know, like there are some great doctors that are gynecologists that happen to be gynecologists and they're just real passionate about vaginas. And I I get it. I I understand that 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 passion. But I would imagine that I'm not alone in the fact that there are if a woman could pick man or woman when it comes to those specific appointments, those intimate appointments that women would rather have someone of the same sex. Yeah, I I 100% think so as well. Just uh, piggybacking on this a little bit as we go, I know we have to leave. We have to demonstrate that we can perform certain things on actual human beings before we finish like nurse practitioner school. And so there's people who are are there as models and you do this, you do a prostate, prostate exam or a vaginal on a exam. model on an actual person yeah <gasps> so are they volunteers do they get paid they're volunteers and they're very well educated they know all the lingo they coach you through things like it's very very good except the uh uh person that i had to do a prostate exam on was someone that i had hooked up with no 
you <laughs> can't so. just drop that nugget. Uh-huh. We have to go, but we have to hear more about just, that. Just because can't tell you anything more. Okay. Oh, you're not allowed to. Oh, my goodness. Well, News or Lose It is on deck, and maybe this will be one of the stories. I hope so. We'll find out next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. Drop the Subject. I can't believe we're this close to the end of the show. It's so sad, but it's been a super fun Wednesday. By the way, how about those bats earlier? That was something else. I almost, Allie, had a bat story for you for News It or Lose It, but... Oh, I know, but I don't I, know if I'm ready. I know t- Tara gave us a lot about bats, so I figured we wouldn't overwhelm us. But it is time for News It or Lose It, that segment of the show where I have three headlines. Allie has a binger banger dinger clanger. Oh, lovely! The best one of the week so far. <laughs> There's only been two <laughs> so days. Far. There's only been two days. Womp womp. Uh, Allie will decide if we talk about these three headlines, and off we go. Headline number one. Man thinks coronavirus isolation has turned him gay. Oh, nice. I hope it has. Soon-to-be groom left freaked out by fiancé family's wedding night ritual. Oh, exciting. Is this like a Midsommar movie type of deal? I I think so. Uh, CNBC exchange goes off the rails as COVID-19 accusations fly. A hundred thousand people died and all you did was try to help your friend, the president. You know, I had so much fun during our COVID free hour. I'm just going to keep that train rolling and lose it. (laughs) You got it. Uh, You can Google this one. Everybody listening. This one was insane, by the way, live on CNBC Two co-hosts. They host this show together. uh, Go at it. And basically, nice. the, the one just accuses the other one of being like a horrible person during COVID-19. It's really cringeworthy, but also like, yeah, get him. Uh, all right. So soon to be groom left freaked out by fiance's family's wedding night ritual. Allie, what's your guess about their ritual? I'm going to go animal sacrifice. Just <laughs> a solid... Ah. Animal ah. sacrifice. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Oftentimes it's goats, right? Unfortunately. Yeah. Goats, uh, family pet, anything like that. Yeah. So, well, this gentleman who uh, was uh, due to marry his girlfriend had was sort of left freaked out by being told about a wedding night ritual that his partner's family expected him to take part in. So, the wife, soon-to-be wife bride was saying, well, we really need to stay at my parents' house through the wedding weekend. And he supposed, okay, well, they're trying to save money, so that's fine. He'll just do this. But he sensed that his partner was holding something back. And so he questioned why she was pushing the idea so hard that they stay at her parents' house. And she explained that her family's tradition is that the husband and wife go into the master bedroom together, where they're supposed to consummate the marriage the night of the wedding. The rest of the entire family waits immediately outside the door so Uh they can applaud and cheer when they come out. The family then goes in and cuts a piece of the bed sheet off and sews (gasps) it into a tapestry that has been handed down over generations. 
<laughs> oh my god, that is the worst tapestry. Can you imagine the stains? Uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, what part of the sheet do they cut out? Like mm-hmm. Exactly. How do you pick? I mean, that is... And if you've got a big family, like if that's a Mormon family, I you've mean, got a whole slew of people waiting outside waiting the door. Out Can you even... I mean, talking about earlier when going to the restaurants and feeling like someone's waiting, that 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 is nerve-wracking and that makes uh-huh. you distracted, right? right? So to have somebody do that and be outside, especially your new in-laws, while you're doing the deed, I would just fake it. Well, and that, but I mean, if you're a guy, it's a lot harder to fake it, right? Do like, you think they're got, gonna wait? They're gonna gotta, search. Something's gotta happen, right? Oh, like, man. <laughs> and it's, you can't really fake that. Uh, but at least it's the bed sheet, not some of the other not, yeah. things. Yeah. Doop, doop, doop. yeah. So, uh, all right. This is in a uh, very true story of a 32 year old man who wrote into Chicago Tribune sex advice columnist Anna Pulley. He wrote. Quote, during the coronavirus crisis, I've started to feel more attraction to guys even when masturbating. Although there were also some small signs that I repressed when I was younger. Now it's taking me by surprise. So I'm asking myself if I'm gay and that's why I'm not interested in a relationship with a girl or if it's because I have an avoidant attachment style. I never find a girl good enough or if it's just temporary or if I'm bisexual and I can deal with that side of me that I don't really want. I don't want to be gay. I've always imagined myself with a woman and having kids. What's wrong with me? Please be honest. (laughs) What's wrong with me? You're a freak, obviously. (laughs) Right. I love how he ends the whole thing with, please be honest. Um, So this poor guy is like going through a thing and he felt, you know, he spent so much time alone during coronavirus that finally all of these, like he's having the conversations in his head that I think so many people have, whether they're grappling with their sexuality or not. Like, am I a good person? Am I a jerk? Why do I, why is a good girl? Yeah. You got to sit with yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And also like, I want to tell this guy, Hey buddy, it's okay that you have sexual attraction towards men and women. And maybe you're bi and maybe you're not. And maybe we shouldn't put a label on it if you don't want to. And all of this, you know, actually, Ann Pulley's response, though, was really, really great. She said lots of people were questioning things about themselves during the pandemic. She also added you, um, that she has had thoughts about other women as well. She sort nice. of had her own little kind mm-hmm. of coming out then. Um, and that she fought really hard to try to not be queer as well. She hoped her body would reject the idea. And for, for a very short while, it did. Because even the gayest gay can't ignore the culture we live in. The very real dangers and hostilities and rejections we still face from our friends and family and loved ones, even in 2020. But knowing that these dark things were possible, I still couldn't deny the parts of myself that attached that ached to experience the light. So she kind of like... She was honest. Yeah, was very honest about her experiences. She was like, me too. Yeah, and you know what? I I don't blame... There's no blame. There's no... There's nothing wrong with you. This naturally happens, especially in quarantine, when you've gone through all of your normal porn tabs... And then you're like, hmm, why don't I just click over here? I've got the time. And then, boop, surprise, you're a little gayer than you thought. And welcome, (laughs) welcome to the community. Oh, happy endings are on deck. And I believe one is starting right now. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. You know, I have a bone to pick with Chris Contreras on Twitter, who pointed out something that I was not going to mention. But of course, we're giving everyone a voice here on Channel Q. (laughs) So I have to share Chris's 
feedback uh, to one of the segments. It was during News It or Lose It a little early in the show. We were sharing some of the information about the SpaceX launch that is going to carry two passengers up into space. And um, he mentioned that I did not drop the hoax of, uh, on you that my grandfather used to work for NASA even though we already know that he most definitely did not. And what is Chris what Chris is saying here is that my grandfather, who is who, who is who is a lovely man who has since passed, but he worked for Lockheed Martin and he did some very secretive stuff with rocket ships. He worked with on rocket ships with NASA. Mm. It was top secret stuff, so, so he, he was, was never able to talk about the things that he did. Of course he wasn't able to talk about it. So he was a set builder. No, he, he built, wasn't a he set. He built sets on a soundstage? No, Allie? he worked at for Lockheed Martin, oh, big company, as well, an engineer, lighting, and he worked on rockets. Guy. No, uh, He was and a lighting no. guy, a grip, major grip, you know what? key grip. Damn it. No, it was not a set. It's real rockets. Camera opera. Ma- he couldn't talk makeup. about it, James. He I can't. Channel, I don't. He was Channel Q. He was hair and makeup. No, <laughs> he was hair and makeup <laughs> for RuPaul's Drag Race. I, you know what? I will find. I, I can't uh-huh. prove it to you guys. Don't you love how he, everyone who um, <clears throat> works for NASA can mm, never talk about what they do? It's true, though, James. It's you should all, know this that big, you can't. It's a large it's, studio. He was helping. De- de- uh-huh. we, <laughs> he helped design the rockets. Uh, oh, he was a rocket scientist. Sure. Okay. Yeah, and That's he had one glass story. eye, uh-huh. and he. Two truths you know and a lie, huh? You screw, Two truths you and a lie. Screw, go this screw yourself new, because new this is not fair. News? And you know, I, okay. when I talked about this before, everyone was saying, uh, joking around, like, "Oh, he was actually just the janitor at NASA." Well, f uh, you. My grandfather did some amazing so things that I can't talk about. Janitor at the sound studio. Got it. Okay. No, okay. he was one of the. Are early, you saying that all of NASA is a lie? All of well, I, I mean, we didn't put anyone on the moon, Allie. Like that's ridiculous. It's okay, all well, yeah, made that's up. Agreed. It's all a story. It's all was all done on a sound stage. So, Chris Contreras, thank you so much for clarifying that i didn't know the wool was being pulled over my eyes um i really appreciate that i'm glad Allie, that your your grandfather was the first channel q janitor at universal studios that's great okay i don't know how we got to that point none of that is true he <laughs> was a rocket scientist he uh-huh. worked on ships and it's time for happy endings of course he was <laughs> <laughs> i have a happy ending that will end all happy endings but i'm gonna let you go first oh Okay. Since you're going to naysay me. Uh-huh, sure. So, uh, great talking with Tara Hohoff earlier. And we learned that bats may or may not be the source of our COVID-19 woes. And most of them might be cute little vegetarian bugatarians. But I do want those vampire bats to know that as long as they don't try to suck the blood out of my ankles... Then I'm all gravy, baby. Yeah, all gravy, <laughs> then I'm baby. I'm all gravy, baby. All gravy, baby. That's always a good happy ending. My happy ending is as follows. Yes, meadows are replacing lawns. And when you're walking through a residential neighborhood, it might look a little uglier than you imagined before. It's all going to be all over the place. There's not going to be any neatly trimmed lawns anymore because meadows are the new lawns. But on the bright side, there are many other things to look forward to. Not only are we going to get a better ecosystem, but we can look forward to meadow chairs, meadow darts, (laughs) people saying, get off my meadow. Get off my meadow. (laughs) People selling artificial meadow Turf. Oh. Uh, and when a dog craps on your meadow, you're less likely to see it. Hey, that's ve- that is a very happy ending, Allie. Good job. Thank you so oh, much. I am a smart person, you see, because my grandfather worked for NASA. Oh boy, here we go. 
And thanks for I listening will... to Drop the Subject. We appreciate it, you guys. Hey, and uh, two more, more two truths and a lie tomorrow. On the next, on the next, drop the subject. On the next show, how is COVID nineteen affecting youth in the foster care system? Since it's Foster Care Awareness Month and Mental Health Awareness Month, we'll talk to the co-founder of Foster Nation about how to help support disadvantaged youth in the foster system. Plus, gay gay cray cray and this feel good story. Eighty five year old Rose Gagnon finally got to wrap her arms around her kitties. Cute or creepy? We'll find out tomorrow. Drop the subject. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific, 1 to 4 Eastern on Channel Q.